0: This is a look at inside. Or look at this: these protesters are inside Statuary Hall right now. You see the statues. This is a, a moment I never saw in my life. These individuals just rushed through security. They are inside Statuary Hall. This is a legendary, a legendary place uh, where all of us uh, who've covered Capitol Hill, it's hard to believe what we're seeing right there. They're just walking through. We're our Capitol Police. Uh, it, it's, it's a strange, it's an awful situation. They're having a good time in Statuary Hall. Jake Tapper, uh, I don't know about you, but this is an incredibly dangerous situation that's unfolding here in the United States.
3: It's uh, stunning, Wolf. It's absolutely stunning. And it's, quite frankly, dangerous. Uh, President Trump could stop this with one tweet. That's almost as funny as the, the cold open we played for you yesterday. And, and the one yesterday was a joke. I mean, this is... This is serious uh, commentary on the day of. This was January 6, 2021. Wolf Blitzer, the poor guy, was having a heart attack almost. They're, they had never seen anything like it. People walking between the velvet ropes. You're listening to Stephen Fleury. This is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. Can't believe it's Friday. Already, we're uh, putting the finishing touches on a week of broadcasting, five packed programs. You can get to the live stream of this show uh, just by typing in TrumpetDaily.com. Just go TrumpetDaily.com, takes you right to the live stream page. And of course, you can uh, watch all of these programs on demand uh, after the fact as well. usually post them two, three hours after the show, the live show is finished. So you look back on some, forget about Tucker's footage for a moment, as I said yesterday. Leave aside the footage that that he revealed. Again, the Viking hat guy basically getting a guided tour. There was just footage yesterday, I believe, on Twitter showing him telling protesters, go home. Donald Trump said this and that. The Viking hat guy, you've probably seen it. He's telling protesters, let's go home. This is over. We're not Antifa. I wonder if they played that footage during his trial. He's in, he's in prison. Four years in prison for that man. Because he walked between the velvet ropes. He walked into the Senate chamber. Wolf Blitzer never seen anything like this. This, keep in mind, January 2021... This is just six, seven months after the Summer of Love when you had cities all across America going up in flames. Protesters bashing in win- windows, Ste- looting, burning. None of that was happening in Statuary Hall. They, they, the only ones that even stepped outside the velvet ropes were the, the journalists taking pictures of it. They were all in on it. It was a, an, a violent, deadly insurrection because that's what they wanted it to be. They wanted it to be that. They wanted to use it, to use it as an excuse to bury all of the evidence of the stolen election. So the media, they were in on it. The FBI, yes, the deep state, they're in on it. Listen to Chris Wray as he he, uh, tries to, well, not even answer anything, basically. I'll play the clip later. They're asking them about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Well, now, first, it's not a raid, okay? It's not a raid. And I can't really talk about anything uh, regarding that raid. I mean, not a raid. It's not a raid. These people, like I said on, on the show yesterday, and it's all laid out in America Under Attack, they are professional liars. They're professional liars. They had never seen anything like... This deadly attack. And of course, it's deadly. We heard from Merrick Garland that five police officers were killed on January 6th. Wow. Then you look at the footage. Of course, there were some vandals. Of course, there were some bad apples. It was nearly a million people. But how do you explain? We played the video that we created for you yesterday the eight minute video, just compare and contrast what happened in the summer of 2020 and then what happened on January 6th when the senators and the Congress people were supposed to examine the evidence of the stolen election, but they didn't do it. They were cowards. They were intimidated into silence because of people like Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer. This is a dangerous situation. People are just walking through. People, this is a direct quote. You heard it. They're having a good time. they're walking through and they're having a good time the 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 worst event in in American history, at least since the Civil War really what you just saw there on that footage that's the narrative they established from the very the very beginning, and they're sticking to it. It doesn't matter what Tucker reveals he he'll expose all of these lies. And like he said on his show the other night, they either erupt in rage over being exposed or they just double down on the lies. They double down on the, listen to this. This is what passes, I guess, for insightful commentary. This was from The View earlier this morning, clip six.
2: How come this is not thought of as being
4: recruiting? How come they're not thinking about like this as radicalizing? Right. Why isn't why why is this not being scrutinized the way that? They scrutinize other yeah. uh, well, things it, because, to me, this is this should be against the law. You should not be able yeah. to, lay, to lie to the American knowingly. Yeah. It, yeah. I think you... Well, I know, well but the I, First I, Amendment doesn't, doesn't allow you to it. willingly lie. Yeah. Can I just say
5: one thing? I Whoopi's think Tucker right Carlson me. is more destructive to American political discourse than Donald Trump and I think he's more powerful. I, I think
4: they're him. all destructive because they this, lie this,
5: willingly. But I I he says say insane things. He pits Americans against each other knowingly lying to them, and he's, even if it's not Trump, whoever the next Republican politician is, they're going to have to win the Tucker Carlson he's, he's primary. Just said,
4: Whoopi, you you just said something I don't think I've ever heard on No, rarely. About, about domestic terrorism. Yes. Because you had the FBI director, Chris Ray say the number one threat to our country, mm-hmm. to the survival of our democracy, is domestic terrorists. How do you recruit domestic terrorists? How do you do that? Misinformation, yeah. yep. having these kinds of rallies, saying these yeah, things in yeah, yeah, these yeah. substacks, yeah. and someone with Tucker Carlson—you would know better than I do—how many millions and millions of viewers we get? The 3 most million yeah. on this show—that's a lot. He's the I'm most really proud watched man in cable news. He gets news. more than that.
3: So Tucker's now worse than Trump, and he needs to be censored. He needs to be blotted out. He's—he's he's recruiting domestic terrorists clearly, by showing footage that's self-explanatory. Footage, but but what about the footage of that day? As I just played for you, look at what they were doing inside of Statuary Hall. It really is, it really is unbelievable, the level of deceit, the the lies, and they stick to it no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what's exposed. There was this Proud Boys case. I guess the judge uh, delayed it or suspended it for a time as they try to sort this out, an FBI agent who just lied about all the evidence that had been turned over to the defense. It's a case involving Ethan Nordian. He's represented by uh, Nick Smith. Uh, and last night, the, the lawyer filed this motion about FBI agent Nicole Miller Miller testified that she provided Smith with an, an Excel spreadsheet of all her internal chat documents related to the case, and there were 25 rows of information on what this FBI agent turned over. We now come to find out that there were 1,000 rows of information. So she just lied, this, this FBI agent. 1,000 hidden Excel rows of messages. Even in court, they carefully frame the narrative. Even in court... They want to censor certain bits of information. The deep state, these communist actors, Newsweek reported this. From the hidden rows of Miller's link spreadsheet, is an, is, it is apparent that the defense has not recovered or received sorry, all, all of her jinx statements in these relevant communications says this document that was filed last night. That's because the individuals with whom Miller exchanges messages can, can be seen responding to the agent, but her own statements are missing. And then you look at some of the missing statements, and here again, it's bringing damning evidence against your FBI. The FBI, they're just trying to get to the bottom of January 6th, right? Remember, the DOJ, this is the biggest investigation in their history. They've put some, something like 500 people in jail. Uh, some of them are still awaiting their trial. We're two years on from this. They're languishing away in the D.C. gulag, the jail, singing the Star-Spangled Banner every night, by the way, these patriots that are persecuted because they support Donald Trump. And he's dangerous. Tucker's now even more dangerous than Trump. I mean, these people have lost their minds. They they are that corrupt. They are that evil through and through. Again, if you haven't requested this yet, the eight hundred number we've got operators always on duty to fulfill your request. The number is one eight six six nine three zero three zero two four. One of the messages to Agent Miller says you need to go into that CHS, that Confiden- confidential human source report you just put. Uh, put up and edit out that I was present. This is one. This is like Peter Struck, Lisa Page stuff. Can you just edit that little bit out? Make sure, make sure no one knows that I was there. Smith's filing reads: Miller's communications with another agent, who states that the agent's FBI boss assigned her 338 items of evidence that I have to destroy. This is a, a higher up at the agency just casually saying that, look, these 338 items, make sure you destroy those. I mean, this is, this is like otherworldly stuff here. I mean, this is third world nation. This is tyranny, this sort of behavior. This is what you would expect under a communist dictatorship somewhere around the world. And yet here it is right in the United States of America, In another instance, the FBI says attorney-client privilege is waived if the defendant communicates by jail, email, or phone with his counsel. So we we decide. We, the FBI, we'll decide when we can waive attorney-client privilege. Listen to Chris Ray. Again, this doesn't have to do with this particular case. But the House is supposed to provide oversight for this rogue agency. So here's the FBI director. He's being asked about the Mar-a-Lago raid. He's being asked if he signed off on it. And he can't, other than, other than say, you know, it really wasn't a raid, he can't really answer anything. So, so effectively, there's no oversight. What, what goes on within the walls of the FBI, unless we find some uh, communications that are released like this in a court proceeding, you, you just don't need to know. They establish the narrative, and it's your job It's your job as the plebe to just accept it. To accept what the ladies on The View are saying, listen to Chris Ray and his testimony yesterday, clip four.
5: Lastly, did you sign off on the Mar-a-Lago raid?
1: Uh, Well, first off, it was not a raid. It was an execution of a search warrant.
5: Did you sign off on the execution of the search warrant?
1: May I finish? Second, I don't sign off on individual search warrants in that case or in any other.
5: Did Attorney General Merrick Garland sign off to your awareness?
1: I can't speak to the Attorney General.
5: Was there dissent at senior levels of the FBI about the conducting of the, of the search
1: warrant? I can't speak to internal discussions among the FBI or among the FBI and the Department of Justice. Even though
5: it's been reported in the Washington Post? There are lots Multiple. of things
3: reported in the media. I know. Leaked time, from, your Leak yeah. from your
5: agency. Leaked yeah. from your agency frequently. It's reported in the and Washington Post. It may
3: or may Post. not be accurate. It's coming right out of his agency. It's leaked to the Washington Post. The Washington Post, I mean, they're friends of the, the agents. They're friends of the FBI. But he can't even speak to it. So no, no oversight. Look, we went okay, we went in with guns, and we took some of their things. We rifled through Melania's closet. We did all those things, but that's not a raid. No, that's, that's just, a, and as far as the search warrant, I'm not going to say whether I signed off Merrick Garland. I don't know. I'm not going to talk to that either. So, so the Washington Post is supposed to be transparent, theoretically, uh, but the FBI, if you're a concerned citizen, if you want the House to give some oversight, well, you're, you're just going to have to go pound sand, I guess, because there is no oversight. No wonder these, these are filled with rogue agents. No wonder they're infiltrating kidnapping plots in Michigan. No wonder they're all through the January sixth protest. They're not held to account. They're not held to account. America is under attack for sure. It's been what this There's another individual testifying. I forget which particular hearing this was, but he's a survivor of that suicide attack in Kabul as the United States. Remember the hasty retreat as we were just handing over the country to the Taliban? They were emptying out prisons, the Bagram prison, I think it was, all these crooks, these criminals, these killers, these murderers, just swarming across the country, collapsed in days. The U.S. couldn't get out fast enough. Listen to this one US soldier and his testimony yesterday with respect to the suicide attack that killed that killed 13 American soldiers and maimed quite a few as well this this guy being one of them clip 12
4: countless afghans were murdered by the Taliban 155 yards in front of our position day and night With only shipping containers between us the taliban would routinely murder people under our observation at their checkpoint we communicated the atrocities to our chain of command and intel assets but nothing came of it the troops on the ground had to tirelessly work to control the crowds day and night department of state staff and hki would completely shut down processing afghans every evening and into the morning leaving ground forces with a nightmare they did not work in reasonable rotations and very much presented an unwillingness to work in other situations as well no matter our health or condition the Marines stood watch and engaged in disorderly and dangerous crowds. State was not prepared to be in Hkaa. In fact, state would not want to deal with the Afghans unable to be processed. Weakening the security of the perimeter, State would take us away from our mission to walk Afghans out to meet the fate of the Taliban, condemning them to death. The Taliban grew in numbers and strengthened their position around HKah with gun trucks while having occasional visits by Taliban leadership. On August 22nd, an improvised explosive device IED probe took place down the canal running along the perimeter of Akaa. This was ISIS or the Taliban performing an IED test run. We reported this to our chain of command. Days later, we received word to be on the lookout for two vehicle-borne IEDs, described as a gold or white Corolla and a green Mazda convertible. Around 2 a.m. on August 26th, Intel guys confirmed the suicide bomber in the vicinity of and nearing Abbey Gate, described as clean-shaven, brown-dressed, black vest, and traveling with an older companion. I asked the Intel guys why he wasn't apprehended sooner since we had a full description. I was told the asset could not be compromised. Throughout the entirety of the day on August 26, 2021, we disseminated the suicide bomber information to ground forces at Abbey Gate. He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd, who was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. The older of the two wore a black silky hijab, that was covering his face most of the time. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. So basically, they, they knew it was coming.
3: According to his testimony, they knew it was coming, but they couldn't prevent it. They couldn't stop it. I mean, this happened in, just look at 2021. That, that calendar year. All that Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper can think about and and report on, even to this day, it really revolves around January 6th and the the MAGA movement and, and Trump supporters. That's their obsession. And then you have this. I mean, this is worse than Benghazi. Worse. And that was a shameful episode in American history. What was that, 2012, I think it was? Listen again to this U.S. soldier from testimony yesterday, clip 13.
4: Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us, do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived, and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement, authority, and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. I saw the
3: attack coming, and they were told, just like they were told in 2012, stand down, stand out, just let it play out and uh, 13 dead Americans later. But who really cares? I mean, it, it's it's a withdrawal that is seen by Millie and the rest. as a great success. This is a great success story. If there were honest journalists in New York, if there were honest journalists at CNN, this guy would be given wall-to-wall coverage. As it is, he testifies its news on Twitter for a few hours, and then it just disappears. One last uh, clip from this,
4: uh, this maimed sh- uh, soldier, clip 14. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor,
2: <clears throat> came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother, Born with American passports, they told us five told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown twelve feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. I tried to get up, but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me, his voice <clears throat> his voice calling to me kept me awake. Nearly died, this, this young man.
3: Thirteen others did. Who knows how many lost limbs because of that blast that they saw coming. They knew it was coming. This is a riveting and very emotional testimony from, ye- from yesterday. And, and yet, what will happen? Who will be held to account? How are these military men? You think about Isaiah 3 being fulfilled. Isaiah 3, verses 1 through 3, we went through that recently. Where are the honorable men? Or, or in this case, where are the ones that are resigning in disgrace for this catastrophic failure? They're still in power. Millie's still there. Yeah, he's misfiring with the drones and letting these kinds of things happen. No big deal. It's fulfilled prophecy, for sure. My father wrote about the Benghazi debacle. This is from uh, 2016. He said, investigations have since made abundantly plain just how numerous and blatant the administration's lies about what happened that night really were. Never has a president, he's speaking of Obama, never has a president and his staff been so brazen and deliberate in using deceit. See, it's the same administration right now as it was then. It's just Barack Obama working from the basement to control the presidency. It's, it's certainly not Biden. L- listen, uh, I've had these clips. He, was, he made an appearance uh, Monday, and then he's basically absent for the rest of the week until yesterday afternoon. The president of the United States, he just disappears. And then, of course, he disappears on the weekend almost every week as he goes to Wilmington or wherever, or maybe Boston now, since he's got some documents up there as well, you know, classified documents. Listen to a couple of these statements from the fake president. Here here he is bragging about how he's lowered uh, your energy costs, clip 10. That's why I took the most aggressive action ever in all of history in any country to take on the climate crisis by lowering your home energy bills. And they've all gone up right across the board. Energy costs are skyrocketing. This is, uh, again, exactly what I told you yesterday. Just the blatant lies coming from this illegitimate administration. Going back to Monday from earlier this week, listen to what the fake president had to say, clip 11. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a. a uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple of times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. I guess completely normal stuff. To take the top of his head off to see if he had a brain. Uh, maybe he's joking. Who knows what's happening here? One more statement. This is from yesterday, I believe, clip nine. Guess what? You may remember, I was running for office at the time, but you all may remember it, that the, I had a big fight with uh, the former president uh, and maybe future president. <laughs> he's talking about Donald Trump there and maybe the future president. I mean, he, he's right about that one. This is, I mean, this is comical. It's embarrassing, but you look at the events that are happening under this man's watch, under Joe Bama. You look at what happened in Afghanistan. If only Wolf Blitzer could get worked up enough over that, that soldier's testimony from yesterday, like he did when they were walking through the cordoned ropes at Statuary Hall. My father says here, to this day, He's writing about Benghazi. It's from 2016. To this day, nothing has been done about those Libyan terrorists who killed America's ambassador and three others on the most painful date possible. No accountability, whether in (coughs) Libya or in Washington, D.C. And it's the same. It's the same with Afghanistan. No accountability. They'll just move dust, dust off and move right on. Hey, everything's solved. Handed over the who knows how many Afghanis have been murdered since we departed a year and a half ago. Just handed, and, and the obsession over Ukraine as if Ukraine's the only nation in the world that matters. When we come back, we'll, I think we'll touch on a few more newsy items before we uh, finish today's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to submit some feedback, we'll get around to that soon, I promise. Just send us an email, td at thetrumpet.com. We'll be right back.
0: The Trumpet Daily. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided. Weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes there is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. 62%
5: of Germans want to increase military spending, according to a poll by public broadcaster ZDF on March 3rd, even if it means cutting spending elsewhere or taking on debt. Germany already announced a 100 billion euro defense spending boost last year, but the public supports an even larger increase. For decades, Germany cut its defense spending to enable high social spending. After Russia's invasion of Ukraine, however, Germany's attitude has changed. Bible prophecy reveals that German militarization is a dangerous trend for Europe and the rest of the world. Iran has enriched uranium to 84% purity, the Wall Street Journal reported on February 19th. 90% is the necessary threshold to produce a nuclear bomb, meaning that Iran is potentially days away from becoming a nuclear state. Pentagon advisor Colin Kahl told the House of Representatives Armed Services Committee on February 28th that Iran could reach nuclear breakout in 12 days, which would be March 12th. Iran is the world's number one state sponsor of terrorism and an avowed enemy of Israel and America. Bible prophecy reveals that a nuclear-armed Iran poses an imminent threat to the Middle East. Chinese Foreign Minister Qin Gang warned on March 7th that China and the United States are veering toward conflict and confrontation if Washington doesn't alter course. The previous day, General Secretary Xi Jinping issued unusually direct criticism of the U.S., saying a Washington-led drive to subdue China is the reason for his country's troubles. At the same time, the Chinese Finance Ministry's new draft budget revealed that China's defense spending will rise 7.2% this year, the highest increase in four years. Bible prophecy warns that China's military build-up will have consequences for the whole world. As China's military strength grows, so will its confidence. It will use that military confidence to ally with Russia and wage a worldwide conflict. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com
2: the Trumpet Daily. Nine more boxes of documents received from the office of Joe Biden's attorney up in Boston. According to the librarians who took the boxes, these boxes actually came from the Penn Biden Center. They were moved across state lines to Massachusetts before the search last November. The search that they kept secret until after the election. And now they're being held in a secure area at the JFK Presidential Library in Boston.
3: So, so the Biden crime family, they're trafficking uh, classified documents all over the world. The Penn Biden Center at the university. You've got the, the garage, remember, in Wilmington, I think it is. Now Boston? And it crossed state lines, as Jesse Waters pointed out last night. All over the place. Uh, two of his properties have been, uh, have been searched by the FBI, can you imagine if they had this kind of evidence on Donald Trump? I mean, and as it is, they're raiding Trump's properties. This was from the, the New York Times just, uh, I think just yesterday. The former president, prosecutors signal criminal charges for Trump are likely. Here, here we go again. The walls are closing in. They're really tightening the screws on the bad orange man. Here you've got the Biden crime family just helping itself to all kinds of classified documents. No problem. I wonder what Wolf Blitzer thinks about any of this. You know what really gets him worked up. It says here, the former president was told that he could appear before a Manhattan grand jury next week if he wishes to testify, a strong indication that an indictment could soon follow. Prosecutors offered Mr. Trump the chance to testify next week before a grand jury that has been hearing evidence. In the potential case, the people said, such offers are almost always indicate an indictment is close. So they're rubbing their hands together over at the New York Times and at CNN. They are, oh, this is so exciting! Finally, finally. Trump's about to be indicted. This is great news. It says here, any case would mark the first indictment of a former American president and could upend the 2024 presidential race. See, that's the real, the real goal here, is to prevent him from ever coming back to office. So the harassment continues. The persecution continues. They've got his supporters behind bars in the Washington, D.C. gulag. They're raiding his property. And they're issuing, no doubt, soon-to-be indictments. It says here, even if Mr. Trump is indicted, listen to this, would you please? Even if Mr. Tr- Mr. Trump is indicted, convicting him or sending him to prison will be challenging the case, listen to this. The case against the former president hinges on an untested and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws all amounting to a low-level felony. What a sentence. What a, th- we're told this is the second coming of Adolf Hitler. And this, this is how they're going to take him down? The case against the the former president hinges on an untested and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws all amounting to a low-level felony. But hey, the Viking hat shows us you can throw someone into prison for four years on nothing. He just interfered with the proceeding in, in Congress, even though the footage doesn't even show that. All he had to do was just an obstruct and official proceeding. That gets you four years in prison. So you, you, you think they're getting pretty, even though it's, it's a risky legal procedure, you think, they're, uh, you think they're a little bit depressed about that? No, no. Just get him. That's the operation here. Get Trump. That is the whole focus and orientation. Everything revolves around it. We've got to get Trump. We've just got to get Trump. Paul Ryan, speaking of the New York Times, it had a story, I guess this, this is one from one of the New York Times uh, magazine publications, but he's, he's the one that was in there as House Speaker when Trump was voted in the first time and then proceeded to stab him in the back, and, uh, and basically he's been in the Never Trump camp ever since. But he's trying to make a comeback, or at least he wants his influence. He wants his influence having a say over what happens in the Republican Party. He's already in the board of directors for Fox News. And he's giving more interviews now as well. It says here, for a good long time, during the George W. Bush and Obama presidencies, Paul Ryan was considered one of the intellectual leaders and shining stars of the Republican Party. Ryan, Mitt Romney's 2012 vice presidential running mate, was a stalwart advocate of lower taxes, entitlement reform, and hawkishness on the deficit. And then Donald Trump arrived and blew everything up. (laughs) Here comes the bad orange man, and I guess he ruined that man's career. He exposed Ryan and Romney and McConnell and all of them as rhinos. It quotes, it's well, quotes Ryan later. This one here says, Recently, though, Ryan has reentered public life, uh, though only partly on his own choosing. His behind-the-scenes concerns about the direction of Fox News uh, were put on display as part of the, defi- the, the Dominion defamation lawsuit against the company. He's also trying to prevent the Republican presidential nomination from again being won by Trump. So this is his goal, his objective. He's like the prosecutors in Manhattan. Get Trump. We've just got to get Trump. Every, everything revolves around getting the bad orange man. And then it quotes Ryan in the article. We lost the Ho- Listen to this string of lies. We lost the House because of Trump in 2018. We lost the White House in 2020 because of Trump. We lost the Senate because of Trump in 2020 and 2022. What we didn't know then, we spent 2015 building an agenda that we would run on and take to the country. Then Trump won. So they were, they were building. I mean, he and, and, and Romney, I guess, and McConnell, all those guys, they were building on an agenda, and they were about to take it to the country. It's just that Donald Trump won the nomi- nomination. So in his, in his recollection, they tried to help Trump because, well, he didn't know anything about government. He was just an idiot as far as actually running a country goes. So he and McConnell, they just did everything they could to try to help Trump. Those are lies. Those are lies. In the same article, he basically says, get Trump. That's my goal now. Make sure he doesn't get the nomination. It says here, I think that, I think that uh, Trump is going to, I don't think that Trump is going to get the nomination. The ace in the whole reason is that he's unelectable. Even most of MAGA knows this. That's, uh, that's Paul Ryan's prediction. Even his supporters know he's not electable, you see. If they really and truly believe that, do you think they'd have all these, these indictments or any uh, impeachments, all, these, all these, these, these attacks that were meant to destroy him, the raid at Mar-a-Lago? If they really and truly believed he was so unpopular, so unelectable, then they'd leave him alone. They would le- He's easily beatable, right? But they don't believe that. They don't. And so they've got to try to take him out any way possible. This is from an article we wrote back in uh, 2020 right around the time of the election. It says, President Trump is helping expose the sickness in Washington, D.C. He's inspiring others to fight against the anti-American forces coming from within. But as we have explained many times, uh, President Trump's success will only be temporary. And then we ask, why, why is that? Why would God just temporarily save America? We wrote this, God wants the evil to be exposed but he isn't doing this so people will look to Donald Trump for the answers. He wants people to see the failure of human government. He wants you, he wants me to see how human government is failing us. We've gotten some, a pretty good look at it these last couple of years. Whether it's the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the lies about COVID and the vaccine, the lies about the economy, the lies about the southern border. We're getting a good look, a hard look, at what corrupt government looks like. The sickness is from head to toe. It's top to bottom. We saw this play out on the spiritual level inside of God's church. I went into this just this morning in uh, Epistles of Paul, Colossians 2, this section of Scripture, where it says that we need to be rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, this is Colossians 2 and verse 7, and then verse verse 8 says, Beware, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The meaning there, as you can see from my father's booklet on the book of Colossians, rudiments of the world, its ruling spirits, of the universe. What this passage is showing is that there's just demonic activity all over the place. We were discussing at one point during class this morning about Mr. Armstrong, the last book that he wrote, Mystery of the Ages. I mean, the very first chapter asks the most important question of all, who and what is God? Who and what is God? That's from Mystery of the Ages. And you know what the second chapter is? This book came out in 1985, You know, I'll just go to it so I give you the exact quote. Chapter 2, Mystery of Angels and Evil Spirits. That's number two. This comes out right at the time, just before Satan and his demons are cast down to this earth. That happened at the day of Mr. Armstrong's death, January 16, 1986. And here, this book, chapter 2 of this book was written even before Even before the devil and his demon army is cast to this earth, confined to this earth, as it says in Revelation 12 and verse 7. And God says about that, he says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, even. People don't realize just how active the demons are right now. I mean, it's been 30-some years since they've been cast down. But look at their fingerprints are on everything. They've destroyed God's church. That was decades ago. And now look at what they're doing to the nations of Israel. The sickness, as I say, it goes from top to bottom, head to toe. My father, actually, this is an article that I wrote. It says, uh, I'm quoting from my father in September 2020 God wants this conspiracy exposed to give people one last chance to repent. America's temporary resurgence is giving people a window to repent, but that window will soon close. It says, eventually, warnings are followed by consequences for inaction. God's given us a, a, a little window so that we can see the sickness for what it is and then turn to Him in repentance and faith. Look at, as I said yesterday, the lies, they're so pervasive and they're coming from the very top. They're coming from the top at the DOJ, from the top at the FBI. They're coming from the highest paid government employee in the nation, or at least he was at the time he was in there, Tony Fauci. He, as you might expect, had something to say in response to these explosive revelations that prove he was in on a massive cover-up, covering for the communist Chinese. This was Fauci yesterday in an uh, in, in interview that he had with uh, one of the Fox News hosts, clip two. First of all, I wasn't leaning totally strongly one way or the other. I've
1: always kept an open mind. As the data evolved, an evolutionary virologist began to look at the data It looked much more likely that that it was a natural occurrence from an animal reservoir. I have always kept a completely open mind that it could be one or the other. Quite frankly, the evidence weighs more likely towards one, namely a natural occurrence, but I would be perfectly accepted if there were evidence that it was a lab leak. So I was not one way or the other. The other absolutely preposterous thing that Jim Jordan said was that we gave the investigators nine million dollar bribe to change their mind.
3: Cavuto goes pretty soft on him. What about uh, what about the guy that said it's from a lab? And then after a discussion with you the next day, he says it's preposterous. Why did he change his opinion? Just like that. Okay, leave aside the money. Leave aside what Jim Jordan said. Why did he change his view within hours of talking to you? And why did you leave out Redfield over at the CDC? Because you knew, you knew he had a different opinion. Here's his response to Redfield's claim that he was excluded. Clip three. So let
1: me ask you about what Dr. Uh, Robert Redfield is charging that you froze him out, that you didn't want him there, you didn't want him at these Hmm. meetings and that was deliberate. You know, Neil, I really feel badly about that, because I I know Bob a long time. He is totally and unequivocally incorrect in what he's saying that I excluded him. I had nothing to do with who would be on that call. That call was organized by a group of evolutionary virologists in order to discuss the possibility that this might actually be a virus that was actually engineered. So I didn't put anybody on the list of that call, nor did I take anybody else. So it's really unfortunate that in a public setting, like the hearing, that Dr. Redfield made that absolutely incorrect statement.
3: It's interesting that he keys in on the public setting of Redfield's statements. He's really reacting in a similar way that they, they do to information that exposes them. On The View, for example, uh, j- look, we've just got to, let's keep, look, I'm science. If you disagree with me, we can talk about it in private. But don't dare publicly testify that you were excluded. He's basically, Fauci's response, Redfield's a liar. Redfield's a liar. He wasn't shut out of anything. Listen, and I have an open mind. I, I'm fine. Whatever the science says. He's exposed he's exposed. And so, again, smear Redfield or throw a tantrum. That's how they respond. Tucker hit the nail on the head the other night. Here's clip seven. You know,
1: Neil, I really feel badly about that because I I know Bob a long time. He is totally and unequivocally incorrect in what he's saying that I excluded him. I had nothing to do with who would be on that call. That call was organized by a group of evolutionary virologists in order to discuss the possibility that this might actually be a virus that was actually engineered. So I didn't put anybody on the list of that call, nor did I take anybody else. So it's really unfortunate that in a public setting like the hearing that Dr. Redfield made that absolutely incorrect statement. And it's really disturbing that in a public hearing of a congressional hearing he makes an accusatory statement that has no basis whatsoever in reality but another point Neil that's important he said in his own mind that he was kept out because he was of the opinion that this might be a lab leak half the people on the call were of the opinion that it might be a lab leak so his rationale of why he thought he was excluded is an invalid rationale so it's really unfortunate that he made those statements. He's a good guy, I've known him for years. I'm so, I mean, I'm just really a little bit disturbed about why he said that, which it was completely untrue. may have been what happened, even though nothing has yet been definitively proven, which is the reason to this day, Neil, I keep an open mind, and I've always done that. And that circus that went on at the hearing about accusing me of trying to get people to be convinced one way or the other was really very unseemly and had nothing to do with
3: reality. There's Fauci's response. As we said to you yesterday, it's hard to it's hard to imagine how or how he could wiggle free from this. But uh, he'll find a way. He'll find, and as you just saw there, he, fi- he finds a way to talk his way through it. Angel of light. That's how the devil comes. Look, I I've got an open mind. Uh, you know, and I like uh, Redfield. He's he's a liar though, but I, I I've always liked him. You know, he's a good man. But, you know, in Congress, they're doing their job, but it's a circus. It's a Jim Jordan, Rand Paul, all of them. They're circus performers. Tucker, he's an animal. He's an animal. We heard that yesterday. The footage, don't dare show the footage. Don't go public with anything that could expose the narrative. Don't reveal behind-the-scenes emails, nothing like that. Just trust us. That's straight out of Colossians too. Will worship. Will worship. Verse 18 of Colossians 2 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. Look at these experts so quick to volunteer, to volunteer their humility. False humility at that. They pretend to be righteous. They talk like angels. But you go through the numbers. You go through the evidence. You look at how many people died because of COVID. It was made in a lab. It was funded by the U.S. Who's going to be held responsible? The answer to that is, of course, nobody. Just like with Afghanistan. Look, just let it turn into a dumpster fire and say it was perfect. This is how they how they behave. Intruding into those things which he has seen, it should read, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, volunteering, volunteering humility, but in truth, just vainly puffed up. Vanity. As I say, we saw this attitude, this mindset destroy an entire church. And look at what will worship is doing to the United States of America. Just worshiping the will of some human being who's flawed, who's a sinner, who's earned eternal death. We all have. So my, I mean, is, is scholarship in this world, in this country, is, is it something that we should really be that impressed with? Look at what the scholars have done. Look at what the scholars in the tabernacle did to a church. Malachi 2.12. The scholars destroyed the worldwide church of God. And they're destroying the United States as well. Verse 19 says, And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment. We've got to hold on. To the head, who is Jesus Christ. We need Christ in us, Christ in you. That's the mystery. It's been hidden from ages, from generations, it says in Colossians 1. He's our head, and that's that's what we have to attach to. That's where we receive nourishment and strength and growth from. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Don't forget the email address, TD at the Trumpet. Dot com. We thank you for joining us on today's show. Thank you for joining us all week, and we'll see you next time.